This is Culture and Conversations. I'm your host, Jamison Smallwood, and I've got prepared for you a small talk episode featuring my friend, Brandy Thomas. We discuss things I've learned from hanging around wonderful women like Brandy, and we also talk about the tendency in our culture not to share our experiences, our situations and circumstances with one another in this episode of Small Talk. Hope you guys enjoy. In case, you might as well hit record in case this turns into a small talk episode, small talk episode. But no, no, I was just thanking Brandy uh, because I told her that it's people like her, uh, the beautiful, intelligent, wonderful women I have in, in my life who helped me become a better man in relating to women because I didn't realize how lost I was when it came to some of the issues that women really care about. And Brandy was about to rub that in as I said that. So continue your gloating, Brandy. <laughs> I was not going to rub it in, but I probably, well, I definitely was going to dig deeper because I'm curious. Like, what do you think, what knowledge were you lacking that you think you understand now? Like, I'm just curious. Well, I think, I think part of it is, I think part of that knowledge I was lacking is that, you know, women struggle with their image of themselves. And part of that struggle for understanding your self-image, whether it goes as far as something as simple as trivial as your hair, all the way down to your complexion, uh, your, your facial features, um, down to all of those things, those simple self-image things, even down to your contribution to society in terms of your professional work, balancing the desire to be, you know, possibly for some women being a mother, being a wife, just all of these, these things that impact your image. I didn't realize how much I played a role in that as a man in society. And I didn't realize how something as simple as, the, as how I compliment a woman or the things I focus in on when I'm talking to a woman, uh, the things I express interest in as a man, quote unquote dating, um, the way I value and, and, and try to appreciate, you know, a woman's contribution in the professional world. I didn't realize how much of that helped them to, you know, help them to shape how they saw themselves. And that a lot of the negative self images that women have in our society come from them dealing with uh, men who are at the, at the minimum unconcerned and at the, at the, on the gross end of that abusive and, and misogynistic. So, you know, my apathy um, t- towards women issues I've, I've softened that over the years because I've had the opportunity of hearing women like yourself just share experiences about the, the, that, that you come from as women. And uh, that helped me kind of develop an empathy that I didn't, I didn't possess before because I grew up in South Georgia. And I'm not saying South Georgia is misogynistic, but South Georgia is a place where people work really hard and there's a lot of poverty and there's not a lot of empathy towards women because – it's just not that kind of society. You know, it's a very patriarchal society in some ways that I come from. So, you know, me having that privilege as a man, uh, you know, I didn't quite understand it. And I didn't understand how it affected women. But because of sisters like yourself and the work that you do and, and just helping me acknowledge who women are in a day-to-day, you know, in, in, in life on a deeper level other than just how you guys look and, you know, all the stuff, the superficial stuff that men pay attention to it really helped me learn to care about women 
And and as the Bible would say, the least of these, not calling women least and men, less than men, but in terms of the society and, and, and the privileges we have as men, um, in some areas, women are seen as the least of these. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the that's kind of that in a nutshell. <laughs> so. I think that's awesome. I think, but I mean, just to piggyback off of that a little, I mean, I I agree with the thought that many people do see, especially black women as the least of these it's just because in society and i don't want to go too far into you know i don't want to be labeled hotep or you know <laughs> no. well, so but um i think black men in general are you know often historically beaten down by society mm. and they don't always have an outlet for um expressing how they're feeling about that Mm -hmm. and so it's like i feel bad so i need to make someone else feel bad Uh, instead of you know dealing with my feelings just on their own so who are they going to feel worse who is the closest person to them you know someone in their home yep i.e generally a black woman and so you know their fathers were that way their uncles their grandfathers were that way so that's just what they know and so that seems normal. Yeah. Um, and they grow up and they become these men who say terrible things. And ultimately it's because they are dealing with their own self-esteem issues. And so they just need to make someone feel worse than they do, consciously or subconsciously. So it's a cycle. Um, but I appreciate you for being open to dealing with your own baggage unpacking your own stuff Mm -hmm. instead of just you know not even being open to the idea of it because there's always opportunities to grow just because you have been a certain way or you have been labeled a certain type of person it doesn't mean that's where you have to stay no like you can't change where you started but you can definitely adjust where you end yeah yeah i appreciate that yeah, it just takes you being open to information, you know, and perspective. You know, I, I I think that's one of the things that hurts our country so much in general is that people have been taught to be uh, entrenched in their beliefs and not be flexible and empathetic towards others. So, you know, I think I think part of that that perspective shift for me is trying to develop that empathy. How can I integrate the best of of women and their perspective and what they, what they hope and aspire to in the, in, in their lives and their desires to be actualized into my approach with dealing with them while at the same time retaining some of the benefits and the strength that comes with being a man raised in a very patriarchal society in South Georgia, you know, that strength that I got, I saw from my father, how can I, how can I make sure I direct it in an appropriate way? Because you said Mm -hmm. something as a man that is so true you know if you feel disenfranchised and unempowered outside your home you're for damn sure going to come home and make sure that you have some some power and some and mm-hmm. some and some uh you know uh respect at home and oftentimes that metastasizes into misogyny because you express your strength out of frustration not at your wife or your significant other or your your family but you're expressing that out of really the frustration that you feel outside of your home and uh, you know you just over you're just overreacting to overcompensate for feeling weak in other places of your life. So, you know, exactly. 
So it's just we we have to be mindful of our strength and and use it to serve others um, who don't have those attributes or those privileges in our society. And instead of using it to harm people, and I think that's I think that really takes a person being serious about looking at women and maturing. You know, because one of the things I'm honest about. And I'm painfully honest about it. It's like I was clueless in my 20s about women, and in some and and in some ways I feel like that in my 30s, you know, because it's just you guys are such a wonderful yet complex, yet simple, yet you know diverse, <laughs> yet monolithic. <laughs> you know, you're just like the you're just the other half of the human creation, right? And and we typically stew you guys down to you know body parts and and uh, you know your good days and your bad days and but it's it's more than that like you're you're a person and and that and that personhood that you possess is uniquely shaped by your experience as a woman and your perspective as a woman and you know not being a woman you know it gives you trouble as a guy crossing over and understanding because we look at things just differently from our perspective so but I think the first step that for me that helped me grow was I had to realize that your perspective is worth appreciating. If I'm going to understand you, if I'm going to untap, well, if I'm going to unlock and tap into all of this great wealth of, of, of blessing that's in women, then I've got to understand their perspective and your perspective, and and make sure and make sure that I don't, uh, you know, don't miss out on on what I can I can how I can grow from you know my relationships with women and and having them as friends and family and. And one day, uh, you know, uh, if and when I get married again, you know, uh, having them in my life as a wife. And I think that's something that I have to I have to appreciate if I'm going to get the most out of my experience as a man. So. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> excuse. Excuse the smooth talk. Uh, yeah. Culture and conversations <laughs> podcast. I, uh, I, I went in my bag for a moment. I said, let me say some deep. Uh, you did. <laughs> some deep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, informed stuff just so that uh, I can score points here real quick with uh, all the women <laughs> yeah, listeners. Right. You know. we, I know it's sincere. No, I it's, know it's, it's sincere. No, it's coming from a real place. I, I've i been to therapy. I've been through divorce. You know. Growth. Yeah. yeah oh. y'all, y'all, I could talk about therapy. That's a whole podcast episode right there. Going to therapy, you know. Just, Listen, you know. black people don't do therapy. No, no. No, therapy. Crazy. We see, part Crazy. of the pro- is for everybody. If you're a person, you should be open to therapy. Yeah. It, well, it goes it, it goes to something very fundamental. I was making this comment in church and um I was telling I was telling some people in church I said, "Look, you know, we we need to stop keeping so much stuff to ourselves as black folk." You know, mm-hmm. w- you know, one of the problems we have in our community is that we don't share information. And mm-hmm. and you really have seen some of the the, the the genius I think behind culture and conversations is that really what I'm doing is is sharing information. You know, I'm having people tell stories to do what help our community share information. I, I hope that this becomes a storehouse of information that people can access and they can learn from and they can grow from. And yeah, you'll laugh sometimes. Yeah, we'll make you you know make you cry a little bit if you talk about certain things, but. 
at the end of the day, the goal isn't to necessarily just entertain people. It's to help people have access to information, shared experiences, common things that people have gone through to help provide perspective so that when you face the problem, you have not only your perspective to draw from, but you have the community, the communal wealth, the tribal knowledge of a whole bunch of people to draw from. And that's what the genius behind the Culture and Conversations podcast really is. So mm-hmm. in, our, in our community, though, to your point about therapy, though, Brandy, it's like we just don't tell people stuff. And, um, no. and uh, I mean, think about it growing yeah. up. Your pain, or at least my mom, she was famous for saying, what happens in this house stays, stays in, in this house. house. <laughs> and that translates all across your life. So it's like, okay, I'm not supposed to say anything. So if anybody asks, how are you doing? Fine. Just because <laughs> I can't tell you, you know, all the deep details. Like I remember I was in middle school, must have been middle school, and my older sister had a pretty significant back surgery and she was in the hospital in Jacksonville and my mom was there and they had been there for like two weeks. And somehow my best friend's mom found out about it. Now I talked to her daughter every day. I was at their house all the time. Like this was a person like she was family, but I did not tell her that my sister was having the surgery and that my mom you know, was with her, and then this was a big deal. She was like, well, why didn't you say something? I was like, well, I don't know. And then she ended up talking to my mom, and my mom was like, well, why didn't you let her know this was happening? I was like, well, you said what happens in this house stays in this house, so I didn't know that I could share that. But mm-hmm. it was totally innocent, but I just was not comfortable divulging this family information. It's just, exactly. I don't know. It definitely is crippling to children. Um, to tell them some, it's something I understand you have to teach them about keeping some things private, but everything is not a secret. No, no. And it's hard if you grow up hearing, you know, what happens in this house stays in this house. Yep. And you just hold all your cards close to your chest all the time. It's like the idea of therapy where you just are supposed to go and show everything and tell everything. Yep. And it's like, mm, I don't know how to deal with that. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's, that's where it comes from in our community. We, we, we don't tell anybody anything. And, um, I've got friends who I love very dearly and I've got multiple stories I could, I could tell, which I won't tell because, you know, I'm going to respect their privacy, but you know, I've got friends who I know for a fact have dealt with things very, very, you know, just unbelievably difficult situations privately by not bringing, by not sharing that information with anyone, not talking about the circumstances with anyone, and when, when they finally opened up to people who they felt were confidants, and you know more or less out of desperation in some sense, you know that's when they got the information they needed to actually solve the problem. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they were they were they were they were they were living in anguish because they were they were keeping it to themselves and. Nobody solves problems that way. When I do my work as a software engineer, I go and Google. I'm using Google, the internet. I use all that information from all those different people, all those different services, and not services, but uh, sources of information to, to solve my problem. I don't, I don't sit back and say, you know what, I've got to solve this problem by myself <laughs> without any by help. You know? <laughs> and uh, while I understand the, you know, the need for privacy, like you, like you were saying you know, and I, everybody agrees with that. But I think what we, I think what we have to be open to in our community is going to seek help from people who we can trust. And and therapists are professionals 
who um, we can talk to. And and I support going to therapy with people who come from your cultural background as best you can. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whether that's a racial uh, your background, whether that's a a uh, you know a gender background, because it helps you to speak the same language. You don't have right. to, they don't have the therapist doesn't have to do a bunch of translating of trying to understand to help you unpack where you come mm-hmm. from, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, I'm all for it. And as much as people don't like or they criticize the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. um, I think it is very powerful and important in that it sort of gets people out of that, you know, secrecy where yep. they can share that you know this thing happened to me and find out that there's an entire community sadly in this instance that I can commiserate with or who know exactly what I'm talking about and so yeah I'm here for hashtag me too yeah yeah I uh I share a lot of stuff and people are like well you tell all your business I'm like no I just refuse to let this cripple me and define me you know um I've got very real episodes on the culture and conversations podcast about stuff that people go through. You know, I had a friend, uh, Amanda Thomas, um, who shares her story about her and a family starting their family and, uh, going through infertility, you know, and mm-hmm. I've shared my experiences with dealing with that from a medical standpoint and some of the discoveries I made about myself over the last, you know, five or six years and, and just working on those things in my life, you know, and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't hide those things from people because I feel like how many people don't know these things, you know, right. how many people don't know to go get this checked as a part of your annual physical checkup, you know, mm-hmm. um, just because, you know, like for instance, guys, like, you know, one, go to the doctor. <laughs> That's the first plug, right? Go to the that doctor, <laughs> you know, annually get checked and, uh, get some blood drawn and get your, get your hormones checked. See what's going on with your hormones. You think that just because, you know, you run around here like, you know, Casanova that you fine, but no, get your hormones checked. That right. way, you know, what's going on with your body. You know what the, you know, every from, from head to toe. And then you can begin to proactively attack these different things in your life instead of just wonder walking around like, Oh yeah, I'm fine. You know, like, no bro, <laughs> get yourself looked right. at. And, um, you know, knowledge is power. So the more knowledge we can, we can uncover, whether that's in your case, what you were describing about the Me Too movement where women are coming forward. And even in some cases, men are, you know, making the, making their stories known uh, or, or something as simple as, hey, you listen to a podcast about helping women who are homeless and how they got into these different situations. It's, a, it's knowledge is so powerful. It empowers people and uh, it gives us it gives us real solutions to problems instead of us just suffering in silence and. So that's that's one of the reasons why I support therapy. That's one of the reasons I support finding finding somebody that you can talk to, a confidant, uh, whether it's a family member, whether it's a pastor in the church, whether it's a therapist, whoever you feel comfortable talking to. You need real solutions, and you need to you know you need to find them. And people, yeah, people just need to embrace that. We need to stop they that do. in our community. They do. Even if everyone around you does not agree with it, you need to do what's best. For you, um, I remember in college, I read some Audre Lorde book. Like, I fell in love with Audre Lorde and Bell Hooks. But um, one of her quotes, Audre Lorde, she said, um, 
if you don't define yourself for yourself, you'll be defined by others for their use and to your detriment. And that's, that stuck with me. And I sat with that for a while. It's like, you know what? That's right. I have to define me no matter what anybody else see, whatever their opinions, not my business. But I'm going to tell the world who I am. This Love is, it or hate it. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised at how many people actually like who you are, you know, because we, exactly. t- we tell ourselves some negative stories. At least I know I've told myself negative stories in my head about being something different. And I got to be somebody, something else to, you know, to be accepted by people. And it's just completely, it's complete nonsense. You know, people want to know Jameson. Who is Jameson? People don't want to know what I'm trying to craft based on feedback, quote unquote, from, you know, all these people who don't really care that much about me. You know, like, oh, who is Jameson? Offer up Jameson. And, uh, right. you know, let the world unapologetically know who you are. And that's the plan. That's who, that's, that's really what Culture and Conversations is. It's, I, it's, it's, it's part of that, too. I'm telling the world, this is who I am. This is who I know. And this is, the, this is, this is our story. Because everybody who I've had on the show helps make up my story. In some way, so I love it. Yeah. So, all right, Brandon, we could do this. We could keep doing this forever. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Small Talk, featured on Culture and Conversations. If you guys want to reach out to the show, you can do so on Facebook. Culture and Conversations is the Facebook page. Culture and Conversations is the Instagram page and culture and conversations at gmail.com is the official email of the show thank you guys for listening can't wait to give you guys another great episode coming up next week until then be good be blessed and stay part of the conversation